Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Investors need to keep their finger on the pulse of change. Are we on the verge of a wage increase spiral? How is private capital changing the landscape for small firms? Can investors avoid greenwashing in their ESG exposure? Welcome to Season 2 of The Outthinking Investor, an award-winning podcast from PGIM. Subscribe to PGIM's The Outthinking Investor today for these insights and more. This podcast is intended solely for professional investor use. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Ever since up to seventh in the Premier League table, uh, they beat Crystal Palace in an interesting game of football. You've got to say, Goodison Park. Um, one of those football matches, Mike. They didn't have much of a pattern, didn't have much structure, but Everton had a game changer. He did something in the moment and ultimately swung it. Their team's way again for the second week in succession. You've got to say now, Richardson. I think Palace's entire game plan was make that an absolute slog and a scrap, yeah. and that was just the way it was going to be for 90 minutes. I think for 20 minutes in that second half, that's what. We saw. For the rest of it, I thought Everton controlled the game actually quite well. It was a bit bitty and a bit stop-start, but I think that's to be expected when you still don't have a midfield two capable of forming any sense of credible relationship within a 4-4-2 system. But as you say, Richarlison, like, that goal just reminded me of his debut so much. Yeah, oh, yeah. just It was like every single good bit for Charleston rolled into one that game you've got the run against Brighton from last season that was just for, his, for the second goal to put us 3-1 up you've got the finish that was like the way it was at Wolves you've got the header that we've seen against Wolves as well just everything to think that was the complete striker that you've definitely spoken about Matt just on display and he's just hopeless to that result yeah, it was, um, well, I think it's one of them Mark where it's a bit like this with Luke Hacker where he picked up on those positions you think he's just going to score yeah. and he had, he, had, he had like a defender in front of him but he had space to go into he had time to build up momentum and he's, he's become one of those players now where when he gets the ball in those positions you have a fancy him to, to score or make a good decision at the end of one of those runs one of my minor criticisms of him in the past has been that he doesn't necessarily run with purpose with the ball a lot and I think that is a it's a result of him being pushed out wide and having people and, and things to actually think about ahead of him I think he picks the ball up today with only two central defenders ahead of him and 
there is absolutely no option for him other than to run directly a goal and get a shot away. Yeah. And if, if you give someone, I mean, the level of fear at the back line when he was running with the ball was unbelievable. I think he actually injured Tompkins in the <laughs> in the act of scoring the goal. And Gary Cale just looked like he, he wanted to be anywhere else but on that pitch. But as you say, it was a bit of a toil. Um, it, it, it slipped a little bit back into the old possession for possession sake at times. And I think the the forward movements of the ball that Ancelotti has craved in recent weeks wasn't quite there I think the disappointing thing for me in the first hour of the game was the fact that Hollis didn't necessarily stamp their authority on the game at any point but they were merely invited into it by Everton and I think the, the first 15 minutes of the second half were that danger elements of Everton's play whereby we can't allow teams to, to effortlessly get into football games when there really is no real danger there and I think once Everton got to the hour mark and, and obviously scored that second goal and snuffed out the reality of the fact that we are the better football inside then it all got quite comfortable for the last 20 minutes it, was, it wasn't a knife edge at that point though wasn't it Mike you know before before Richardson does that that bit of magic he does Goodison Park was very anxious you know with a lot of passes going out on play the, the midfielders are getting a grip of the game you know their midfield three of them were really good for an hour today McCarthy McCarthy and Milivojevic they all, they all mucked in and scrapped and they just bullied us a little bit in that area of the pitch and it felt like if, if anything at that point it was going more towards them so to, to be able to to have that play to just that moment to that point in the game not just to, to pull us ahead but when it was very much on a knife edge I think it says a lot about his mentality as well well I think there's two moments that you have to look at in quick succession you've got Pickford's save from Benteke I know obviously he's going to get a lot of stick rightly so for the actual goal I've not seen that back yet but it it's, looks ridiculous it's absolutely awful and he should save it the, 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 the second save I mean oh the second yeah. save is, is excellent and yeah. it's not one of them where it just hits him he's put his arm out and it's hit him on the arm it was a bit like Alisson against Gomez in Derby yeah. last year one of those sorts of saves fantastic save but then you get the chance and when Richardson picks up that ball you know exactly where it's going because we saw it last week just the driving run as Mark's saying we didn't see that anywhere near enough because he just seems to slow down with the ball so often I think the start of this season the end of last whereas we know he's best when he's just running at players he shows it so often as you say centre half just look like he don't want to be there when he does but that's the, the advantage of the system as well isn't it because you, 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 if he plays left hand side he's back defending and you know, covering the left back but if you've got two up front and he can just sort of stay there when it does break like that it's a lovely flick by Dom as well by the way I didn't realise until watching it back but when you've got those two and they're isolated against centre-backs the pace and mobility they've got should more often not get them in in those positions it really should and I think what's so nice about this performance in general especially when you look at Calvert-Lewin's assist as well your two starting strikers have goals and assists to the name for that for that yeah. performance that's the sort of performance that just breeds so much confidence yeah. I think the summary of how positive that partnership is is the fact that when Richarlison was pushed out wide and we did try and reshuffle the pack in the last 15 minutes it all started to look a little bit disjointed yeah. Calvert-Lewin turned into the play that he was back in August and September whereby he was so isolated up top that he wasn't able to create anything himself he wasn't able to feed off anyone else around him and I think it, it's so important now that we realise that Richarlison needs to be that man up top with, with Calvert-Lewin or there certainly needs to be a presence alongside him if Calvert-Lewin is to be allowed the freedom to, to pick up important areas and, and gaps in, in 
opposition defenders whereby he is able to, to get goal scoring chances at the point where Richarlison goes out wide they, they didn't look any option for Calvert-Lewin to get involved in the game and, and I think the, the advantage of having such a such a poor and brittle midfield behind people like Richarlison is that they are encouraged forward uh, I, I think the one bright spark of the last 20 minutes say is the fact that eventually people like Snydlin and, and people in the central midfield started to slowly graduate into the game I don't think it's ever been a question about quality on the ball for someone like Morgan Sideland, for example, or Gilfie Sigurdsson. It's been everything about playing in central midfield that doesn't necessarily involve having the ball at your feet that's been the issue. There was times today that we saw that, and in particular from Sigurdsson, and massive question marks about whether he can still fit into this system or not. But I think for, for someone like Snyder, at least, as much as we have seen this time and time again with a variety of different managers, there does seem to be a, a bit of a resurgence for him. And of the two in the central midfield, you'd say that he is probably the one with a, a more likely future at the club. They didn't Everton it. I was genuinely, genuinely amazed. We've spoken about it all week and said that this game is so important, especially after the high of Watford coming back from the low that was Newcastle, to then just take three points from this game. And they've managed it. And granted, we had that 15-minute period, but Everton have done that thing that top six clubs can always rely on, which is a player to just turn the tide in their favour. They've got one there. And it's about creating a sustained team that can actually benefit those sorts of players and if you can get that out of someone like Richarlison against Palace who's to say you can't get it away at Arsenal who's to say you can't get it away at Chelsea now but it's just so important that they look forward to this next two weeks and Ancelotti can say to them listen you're in seventh place at the moment this is in your hands probably probably should give a uh, word to the first goal as well Um, disappointment for your Walcott because you know he digs out that brilliant cross for the goal and then he goes off injured obviously carried a bit bit of momentum but uh, really nice bit of play in the build to it dead fast pass and he gets gets the ball and and it's a great finish from Bernard yeah I think there was a couple of spells in that first half whereby we were just allowed to have relatively comfortable possession and when it it does get into dangerous areas we have got players who are capable of, of causing problems and as much as Theo Walcott has been obviously the the target of a lot of criticism and rightly so in, in a recent months he, he has at least showed in, in the last couple of the last couple of games that when he is afforded space to run at, at centre-halves and, and, and in particular full-backs that he is capable of causing problems the, the one major issue that both Everton and Arsenal fans have had about Theo Walcott is that the final ball and, and the end goal is not ever there um, the ability to dig that ball out today ironically in one of the more difficult situations whereby he had to actively dig it out of possession and I think the finish from Bernard which looks as though it's like full on the volley from, from replays we've seen it's one of those that he doesn't necessarily have to place perfectly in the goal if he, if he gets that perfect full connection then the keeper hasn't really got time to react and as you say particularly disappointing for Theo Walcott but also for Bernard the fact that I think that he is someone when we talk about players who necessarily fit into a manager's philosophy or formation he is someone who is intelligent enough to pick up in those gaps between midfield and forward and it's been a little bit disjointed for him since Ancelotti came in and we just hope that it's not too much of a setback for him today Jibril Sadibay got his shot well 
I think we can sum up his performance by the fact he had to look down when he realised at trying to grasp for his sock that it wasn't actually there. Oh, uh, I I I was furious. I just thought he like needed to go for a piss or something. He was but... not happy, Carlo, tell oh. you what. But out to Debay when he came on, I think it really disjointed the entire right hand side. I thought it was a really strange substitute and I, I, I get that it he probably made it because we were one nil up. But even so, I think in, in you can list any number of managers that have been at Goodison Park in recent years, and if they made that substitute, the, the ground would have been toxic. And that that is the the afforded level of patience that Ancelotti has. That said, I do want a, a slightly more offensive for, uh, substitution in that situation where we're what twenty five minutes into the game, not even, and we're not necessarily playing against a team who are going to turn the game into a bit of a, a basketball match and go end to end with us the the initiative was there with Everton to, to make that game whatever it could have been and I, I still in that situation was disappointed not to see someone like a Wobie come on as much as we, we talk about Richardson being up top it, it, it potentially could have been an opportunity for Moyes Keane to come on looking back I, I would be intrigued to see if Ancelotti thought that that was the right decision but I think the, the, the result at the time probably influenced that I think it's a substitution that I would have made, almost certainly, because yeah, because he's so used to playing at that higher level rather than just always being a fullback. It's definitely the best one. And I think when he came on, it was a case more of what do you do? Do you bring the Charleston back, pull him to the right hand side, and sort of take away what was the complete striking performance? And it was. I don't know, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. But what I definitely did take away from that was Sidibe was not prepared at all to come on in that game. Well, probably comes into his thought a lot of the time. That's why Coleman plays anyway, isn't it? It's a funny one. We obviously spoke a lot about Sidibe in the week and, and in recent weeks as the, the crutch is coming now to the point where we have to make a decision on him. But it, it seems to go from the sublime to the ridiculous. Uh, we don't necessarily get a lot of seven or eight out of ten with him. He, he's either very solid and we, we know that he's very capable on the ball and, and his assists and his ability to put balls into the box is far greater than Coleman but when he doesn't play well it's ap- apocalyptically bad we saw it at Anfield we saw it today where he never really got into the game and uh, it, as much as the option is there to go with an 11 or 12 million signing and I think for that sort of money you, you do have to go for it he is in sort of, in the game site today he is raising question marks about whether his future is here or not yeah I think that's probably why when people say oh he can play left back in front of a left midfielder as, as, you know, as a winger it doesn't really ever work does it it, it felt, felt a little bit like that today uh, just finally on individuals um, not one for Carver-Lewin should have had two really um, I think be, you know what I think you'll be gutted about that as well walking off today because but I think He's, he's not involved in the game as much anymore, Mike, because I think he's been told to stay central and be like the focal point instead of running the channels and all that. But I think what's to his credit, I think he's been a lot more resourceful with the ball when he gets it now. But obviously, the goal is just an opportunity moment, but he looks like a much more of a threat now whenever he gets the ball. Absolutely. I think if you go back two years, I can remember, I think Apollon Limassol is the one that stands out to me of goals that he should score in those situations when he just spoons it over the bar because he's not anticipating the moment, being ready for it, thinking that he is going to score a goal completely different player now you look at him and you think he stood in that situation going right the ball's going to drop to me here and if it does it's going in and I think he will be disappointed with that last one because that would have put him on 14 goals for the season one away from 15 and that's just such a big mental thing for a striker and do you know what 
he looks at the last bit of the season now, the home stretch, with so much confidence. When he looks at the chances he's getting, the expected creation stats that Matt Cheatham can throw out on Monday, I'm sure, is just it's excellent when you look at those that Everton have just stumbled upon these three strikers who all offer such a variety of skills but all cross over in such a way that they can play the same role in a different way and I know we've spoken about Everton's recruitment being very poor but they've somehow stumbled into the system and obviously with Calvert-Lewin there's a little bit of luck there with how well he's managed to come on in a not really ideal circumstances but for the other two you look at it and you think going forwards that's not where Everton's real priority is and suddenly look back what eight months and people were screaming out for a striker and Everton can now really focus on finding the midfielder that they're really going to need and it's good news isn't it I, I think if you were to go back to eight or nine months ago and you were to to ask yourself what Dominic Calvert-Lewin needed to be in order to be Everton's number nine going forward he'd have to have been someone who well primarily we need to get some support up top to him and, and not necessarily isolate him in the way that Everton's formation so classically does but he also needs to be a type of striker who is so adept at being in the right place at the right time and I think that's not something that he was necessarily good at and you're right and the situation that he's in now and whereby he's being asked to do even less means that his results are just growing and growing the, the type of goal that I want him to see score is exactly what he's done today I'll, I want to see him a yard out from goal tapping in and wheeling away with Richardson running behind him because that is the epitome of what you need your number nine to be we've got people like Richarlison and Bernard and, and in an ideal world what someone like Theo Walcott would be in terms of being that more creative element and, and doing more of the hard work scoring you more spectacular goals but Cavalloon, as Mike said, needs to be that 15, 16, and, and wherever it may take it, goals a season striker that Everton can rely on in the same way that they have done in the past with someone like Romelu Lukaku. And I think the fact that we're even mentioning him in the same sentence as, as Lukaku shows how much progress he's made in the last year. Yeah, uh, 13 goals in February is certainly, you know, not to sniff at. Uh, finally, then, Mike, um, I've come to both views on this. Everton are in seventh as we sit here. Winter break obviously coming up. Uh, we are five points off fourth place in the table we've got four of the big six in inverted commas coming up next um, could be quite an ex- exciting end to the campaign couldn't it? do you know what exciting is exactly the word because Everton now go into these fixtures with no pressure on them whatsoever which I think we all thought would have been very different when we looked at the run of fixtures from December onwards when we were like bloody hell if we don't get points from them but you know what you just got to hold your hands up and say fair dues to Duncan Ferguson and Carlo Ancelotti once again because they've got themselves into a position now where next few games so much goodwill in the bank you go away to Arsenal get something there go away to Chelsea get something oh, should be bouncing shouldn't the Emirates in two weeks well that's it like you look at these two weeks now he's got two weeks of these players and we spoke about this in the week where because they've won this game suddenly this two weeks now becomes listen lads you're onto a good thing here yeah? look at the results things are good it's not going in that sense to say if Ben Teke scores that equaliser for 2-2 come off the pitch like bloody hell they should have won that you don't have two weeks ruminating these players now have two weeks licking the lips and going we've got a chance to get rid of another really unwanted record of winning away of big six clubs that's all he's got to try and drill into and if there's any manager in the world who's going to be able to do that it's Carlo Ancelotti I think quite importantly also it, it validates last week's results at Watford yeah. as much as nothing could ever take away from, from a last minute winner away from home 
it's important that you follow that up with the more bog standard results and that has classically been something that Everton are, are very poor at we said at the start of the season that we needed to be, be better at beating fodder uh, primarily away from home but being stronger at home is something that we very much developed under Martinez and Koeman and we needed to keep that going this season if we were to make it into anything relevant and the fact that Everton season may now become relevant again is crazy given what we've seen already in the, in the first few months but it's important that, and quite refreshing that even after the game today we've got a manager who's outspokenly talking about Europe and getting into Europa League or Champions League or wherever this may take us but I think it's just important for us now to just enjoy the last few months ride the crest of the wave and just see where it takes us the funny thing is there Mark's saying about Everton's season becoming relevant again when Ancelotti and Ferguson were given this task it was about making Everton's season irrelevant at that point it was like we want as little fuss as possible back to basics and the approach that you just got and the way it's come together it's just it's fantastic that we can sit here now and actually dream of being able to be competing in Europe Dead exciting, dead exciting. Loads to talk about over the next few weeks. Uh, positive vibes for the toffees. Uh, thanks very much to Mark and to Mike. That's been your post-match reaction for Everton Free Palace One. If you want to hear more from us, it's Blue Room Extra over on Patreon. Uh, we'll speak to it again very soon. Ready to get your glitter on? Then head to Worlds of Fun Grand Carnival from July 23rd through August 7th for a larger-than-life shimmering celebration. Join the spectacle of color, a dazzling parade of floats, performers, music, and beads that sweeps across the park. And take your taste buds on a world tour while dancing to music after dark. Save over 45% with a Carnival bundle, which includes admission, parking, and three food tastings. Only at worldsoffun.com. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.